Hi, David Dennis here with the Kansas Communities Ministry with the Navigators. Thanks for joining me today. This is a re-release of the second of five podcasts with Dr. Richard Spann, originally heard on August 29, 2020. In this, Dr. Spann discusses how do I walk in step with God, not running ahead nor lagging behind. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Making Disciples Naturally, the podcast of the Kansas Communities Ministry. My name is David Dennis. You're listening to the second of a five-part series as we hear from Dr. Richard Spann. In the last podcast, he shared some thoughts about Enoch, who was said to have walked with God. G. Campbell Morgan had written that walking with God implies four aspects. Number one, walking in righteousness with the intent of his righteousness being developed in me. Number two, walking in agreement. Number three, walking in mutual trust. And number four, keeping in step. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the previous podcast, I would urge you to go back and check it out. Today, Dr. Spann continues with some thoughts on that fourth and last aspect of keeping in step with our master. The last item was most interesting to me because I'd not considered that before, although I'd experienced it. And that is to keep in step. So number one, to reiterate these four, one is to walk toward righteousness with the intent of his likeness being developed in my life. The second is in agreement. The third is in mutual trust. And the fourth is to keep in step. And there's two ways that I don't keep in step. One is to go ahead of him. One is to lag behind him. There are two aspects of keeping in step, two words that uh, were mentioned that describe this. One is zeal and one is knowledge. If my zeal outpaces the knowledge to which he is given, I go ahead of him with my own thoughts, my own desires, and I'm not keeping in step with him. I'm not walking in faith with him. Contrarywise, if my zeal lags behind the knowledge that he has given, the desires he's given, the uh, uh, impulses that he has placed in my heart to do his will, if I'm unwilling to do them or I'm hesitant, then I lag behind. So I find that I, I need to bring both of those things to him. If he places before me a person and reminds me of the need of that person and says, uh, if not you, then who is going to talk to this person about me? If not now, then when? Mm. If he plants that knowledge before me and my zeal is not uh, up to the uh, task of really being obedient to him and speaking or doing what he wants, then I fall behind. Likewise, I can race ahead of him and do something that he never really had in mind for me to do. Mm. So these four areas, I think, have been of interest to me in the last few years to really begin my day and continue my day with those in terms of walking with him. And I think this characterizes, to some extent, the walk of Enoch, the walk that we all have as we, as we learn to, to grow in likeness to him. Mm. That's very helpful. I was as you were talking. I was thinking a, a way to summarize these four aspects would be to say that we want to keep our eyes on Jesus, and then in contradistinction to that, 
what keeps us from doing that are multiple distractions in our lives. And um, I guess from a practical standpoint, uh, that second aspect, or I guess the third aspect of mutual trust, um, our resources uh, are at his disposal and, um, and to fulfill his responsibilities and vice versa. Do you have thoughts on uh, a practical way that that could be played out in terms of um, what resources we have to be used for his responsibilities in this world? Oh, that's a good question. And I think the resources we have are, first of all, our, our time. And I think that's most important, our the time we have, do we allot that to him? Are we uh, concerned about our own uh, interests? Uh, the verse that our team memorized last week was, everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ, in mm. Philippians 2.21. Uh, to look at my day ahead of time and say, Lord, uh, show me what you want me to do. Uh, use the time in a way that would bring honor to you, to bring bring glory to you. So I think time is a certain uh, element. And I think, too, uh, not to schedule all of my time during the day and have it all used up, to leave time available for him to provide opportunities, interruptions, things that are on his agenda. Sometimes I can plan my day so full of every moment, every hour, that there's no room for him to... Uh, to bring about that which he wants me to do. Mm. So time is the first one. I think a treasure, that which is of money, you know, is this what God wants me to do with not only the 10%, but the other 90%? Is this investment that he wants? Uh, how does he want to use the money that he has given me to further, further his work? So I think that's always a question. Mm. The time uh, and the treasure. Also, talents, abilities that he has given. That's a, that's a third one. Not only time, but treasure, but talents. What are the skills he has given me? Uh, how does he want me to use those? Uh, years ago, I think 34 years ago, we had a drop in our practice here in Wichita. Many of my partners went out to western Kansas try to find business and to, do, to build up their sagging income. And I had really uh, maybe a total of eight to 10 hours per week that were not filled. This went on for a week or two. And as I prayed about that, the Lord said, well, uh, I've given you all you really need. I'd like for you to look at a way to uh, begin serving others in the community that have no medical care. So in conjunction with several others, we started the uh, World Impact Clinic, Good Samaritan, back in 1986 and used that for many years to begin to serve people who had no access to medical care. So mm. the talents that God given us, and they're different from, from, from everyone else, they're all unique, but to bring them before the God, before God mm. to, uh, to see how you'd use them. But those three, I think, are helpful. Yeah, that's good. That's very helpful. Yeah, concerning, you know, Christ's righteousness being imputed to us and um, imparted to us, I think that uh, sometimes we we think that, uh, well, I guess you can fall off the road on either side. One would be that I'm good enough right now through my own righteousness. Um, I don't need to, to look to him for righteousness. And the other side would be that, uh, gee, I'm 
terrible and I'm um, just not measuring up at all. Uh, any thoughts on how to practically balance that and, and to keep our eyes on him? Yeah, I think uh, someone was going through some counseling years ago, and the counselor said, you need to get to the bottom of yourself, find out what a kind of a miserable worm you are. <laughs> yeah, that guy just got a kind of tailspin. And I, and I remember thinking with him at that time, and I remember saying, uh, every look at yourself, uh, for every look at yourself, you need to balance that with 10 at Christ. Mm. And I think if we, the closer we look at Christ, the more we look at him, the more the Holy Spirit magnifies him in our hearts and lives. And look at ourselves is necessary for repentance. But, but never for encouragement. Uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we gra- gradually begin to understand that in Colossians 3, 3, and 4, that our life is dead, that, that we are dead, and our life is hid with Christ in God. So we begin to see our true lives as being hid with Christ in God. And as we see more and more of his likeness, then I think we concentrate less and less on where we are in this whole scenario, Hmm. trusting the Holy Spirit only to bring that to our minds, which uh, needs to be confessed. Yes, good, good. And then finally, on the issue of of walking or keeping in step um, with the Lord, um, again, what what are practical ways we can do that? Um, I think you balanced zeal and knowledge, and those have to be both present. do you have thoughts on how to how to keep in step with the Lord on a daily basis? Thank you. Yeah, zeal is an interesting one because we all have thoughts and desires that think, oh, I'm going to do this for the Lord or that, or the Lord wants me to do this. And I've discovered that if I'm anxious about something, that I really think I want to push this through, see this done, I've got to accomplish this thing in the church or in my own life and ministry, if I'm, if I'm anxious and uptight about it, then it may be something of the flesh. Mm. Uh, if I'm uh, concerned about the outcome, uh, then it may be too much zeal and not enough knowledge. It may be something that's of the flesh as well. Mm. Also, if I'm doing it to be noticed or to be uh, applauded, if I'm doing it for, if they're doing it for others, uh, then that's something I need to be very wary of. Now, having said this, I think that uh, what Lauren Sani said years ago is true, that uh, don't spend your time getting hung up on motives. Just do what is right and trust the Lord to guide you. And I think that sometimes Satan will bug us and say, you know, your motive is not pure. And Lauren Sandy once told me, said, I doubt if I've ever had a pure motive my entire life. <laughs> right. But having said that, I think that there, these, these things, if I get uptight, if I'm worried about the outcome, if there's an overbearing desire to be noticed as something, then I, I want to back off because I think perhaps this zeal is leading me rather than the knowledge of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think the second aspect of that, the knowledge of the Lord, the desire that he has in my heart to do something. I find that uh, too often there is a desire to say, well, Lord, let me think about that, or I'll get back to you on that. 
<laughs> or let me uh, see how what others think about that. But I think really, to to honestly, if he has laid before me something, to bring it before him in prayer and say, Lord, if that is of you, really impress on my heart that that's what you want me to do. Hmm. And um, if it is, he not only makes that consistent with the word, consistent with circumstances, consistent with uh, kind of the advice of others. So he kind of lines up the word, his inner desire, circumstances, and the advice of others. Hmm. That's good. Even for things that we, um, and maybe especially for things that we think, hey, this, this would be a great uh, great ministry for the Lord, uh, a great Bible study to have, but yet if things don't fall into place, um, if people are not interested at that time, maybe it's not the Lord's will at that point for us, even though they seem like good things. I think that's that's helpful too, to just uh, to relax and let Him guide that. Yes, right. Keeping in step with the Master. We need to balance our intrinsic enthusiasm, desires, and goals, which Richard describes as zeal, with the knowledge of what God wants us to do. He suggested several practical ways to accomplish that. You know, these sessions are packed with helpful thoughts and practical ideas. So we've collected that into a PDF, which you can access for free in the show notes. You won't want to miss our next session when we look at Genesis 15:1, which says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Join us next time as we learn more about making disciples naturally. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and are not necessarily the views of the navigators, nor of the Kansas Communities Ministry. Thank you for listening.